Augie Pullman is 10 year old, uh, heading into fifth grade. Uh, first time he's gonna be in school with other kids. And he spent his entire life trying to be ordinary, battling 27 different facial surgeries, still bearing the brunt of those scars. And for the most of his life, he's been misjudged, misunderstood, and in school, he's going to be made fun of and going to be bullied because he is different. And I'm guessing that many of us have not been through something as traumatic or as challenging as Augie has, but I'm guessing that many of us understand what it's like to be misjudged what it's like to be made fun of, to be ostracized, to be labeled something that usually is incorrect and not everyone understands really what it is that we're all about when they make those labels and they assign them to us. I remember several years ago, uh, some of my friends said to me that there's a group of people who were saying some things about me around and they're saying that, you know, that, that I was stuck up. And this really bothered me because that's something that I try not to be. I think God's called me to be kind to everyone and, and, to, and to make everyone feel warm and welcome and, and that sort of thing. And I'm like, really? They, th- they really think I'm stuck up? Oh, yeah. And it's, it's getting around about you, Kyle. And you, you need to know that and understand that. And so I wrestle with that. And I'm trying to figure out what was going on. And I think part of the story is that my personality by nature is that I'm an introvert, which means that I gain my energy by being by myself. That's where I, I gain my energy. I love people, I love doing extroverted things, but it, it cost me a lot of energy to do that. And I think what happened was this group of folks who were spreading that I was stuck up saw me on one of those days where I had spent all my energy and had just reverted to that introvert, wanting to be by myself, kind of being shy, and maybe it looked like that I had snubbed them. And that was certainly the last thing on my mind that I wanted to do. And so I think sometimes in our lives, maybe we know what it's like to be misjudged, that people look at us and they don't have all of the facts, and yet they still make a judgment about us, and they say things, or they might ostracize us. And so I'm guessing today that some of us might be feeling that way or have felt that way in our life, and it can kind of tap back into the pain of that. And maybe even more difficult or even more challenging than that, have we made someone else feel that way? That we've seen someone or we've seen a situation and we just, you know, quickly, all of a sudden, uh, we judge it and, and we assign a label or we begin to gossip. Or we begin to talk badly about someone or to ostracize them or to kick them out of the group. And I'm guessing if you're like me, if I have to be honest, I've done that way too many times. And maybe it hasn't been out loud or to anyone else, but I've made that judgment inside of my head or in my heart. And I've labeled them, and I'm guessing that there's a lot more to the story than what I know. And so if you're here today and you've been misjudged or uh, you have had people make fun of you or ostracize you, or maybe you've done the opposite, you've done it to someone else, I think a question is, do we have any hope? And can we stop this? And can we cut it out and begin to really see people for who they are? And I think the good news today is that, yes, there is hope. And we're going to see that uh, in the Bible today from both Jesus, the Son of God, and Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament. And we're also going to see it lived out in this amazing movie called Wonder that's based on a book. And we're going to see some situations that probably are going to tug our heartstrings because they're going to help us be reminded of how humans can be incredibly great and awesome, but also incredibly mean and cruel. And so I just invite you today to think about judgment and think about how you might be misjudged or how we might be misjudging others. I want to start with the next clip showing uh, a clip about Augie's parents. And from all outward appearance, you would think that everything in their life was going well. 
They're beautiful. They're handsome. Uh, they're wealthy. They live in a, a brownstone in Manhattan in New York City. They uh, have it all going for them, probably social standing. And, and they have you know, two children. If you just met them and heard they had two kids, you, you wouldn't know about Augie and his challenges and all the surgeries they've had to endure. And, and so sometimes we, would, we see people who seem to have it so well, and we think that they, they surely can't have any problems in the world, and, and we can even resent them but we don't know their whole story. So I'm going to show you a clip as they are with their daughter and their son, Augie, as they've taken Augie to school. It's the first day of school, and they're at the threshold of the school. And, and, and as parents, of course, they're worried about how he's going to be treated. But in their case, it's multiplied by like a million times. Uh, and so maybe put yourself in the parent's shoes and see it through their eyes in this clip. Let's check it out. As a parent, my heart goes out to these two as they watch their son walk away and this big threshold, this big crossroads moment in his life, knowing that not all those children are going to be kind to him. And I bet you that they would trade their good looks. They would trade all the money that they have, all the social standing, everything that they had to make sure that their son was protected and welcomed and loved. And so when we see people, we don't always understand what they're really going through or what their struggles might be. And we begin to see that with the parents in the story and and from this point on, I think the movie really begins to get into its depth. As of course, we, we know the movie is about Augie and about his challenges and his struggles. But we're going to meet people who are connected to him, uh, who seem to have it all together. But they also have uh, a burden that they're carrying. And so I think the genius, another genius part of this movie, this story, is how we begin to understand the other folks and how they are affected uh, in their lives. And so I want to shift the focus to Augie's older uh, sister. Her name's Olivia, uh, but she goes by Via. That's her nickname. And uh, uh, she comes home one day and Augie has had a, a terrible day at school. He, he's gone into fifth grade. He's met some friends who've been nice to him. He's also met some nasty bullies who give him a hard time every day. And but he's made a really good friend and a guy named Jack, and Jack has just been his best bud, and they've bonded, and they've done all kinds of cool things together. Uh, but one day, Augie overhears Jack as he's hanging out with some of the bullies in school, and, and as the bullies are, are making fun of Augie behind his back, which they also do in, in front of his face, uh, Jack joins in and begins to talk negatively about his best friend. And I think it's because he's a 10-year-old and he loves Augie and he wants to be his friend, but he also bows to peer pressure and he gets caught up in the moment with these bullies and doesn't want to kind of be ousted from their presence. And so Augie hears this and he goes home and he's so heartbroken. He doesn't want to see anybody, but Via comes home and she hears what's going on and she goes into his room and she tries to comfort him as an older sister can and trying to teach him how to be tough at school and, and how you just got to deal with these things. And she's like, Augie, we all have bad days and you just have to learn how to deal with them. And he absolutely loses it on her, just bringing all the pain of this betrayal from his best friend. He says, how dare you tell me that, I, that, that you've had a bad day? Don't even begin to, to compare your bad day via to my bad day. You, you, you have no idea what my bad days are like. You don't look like this. You don't have surgeries like I've had. You, you don't have people running from you via. You can't tell me that we have bad days because your bad days, they, just, they can't stack up to mine. And the movie becomes so powerful at this point when it begins to tell these other stories. That yes, Via can have a bad day, and that yes, she can have a challenging life because in the midst of all of his, the attention on her brother, she's gotten lost along the way. And so let's see what that looks like in this clip. So Via, this beautiful, intelligent young woman who loves her brother, carries her own cross. 
she's kind of got lost in the shuffle and she wishes that her mom would look at her as she looks at her son at her brother. It's a, it's a hard, challenging situation. And on top of all that, her best friend Miranda, who's her only really close friend since her grandmother had passed away, seems to be as stuck up as your pastor. And uh, now is somewhat, you know, ignoring her and has changed her tune. And so we're quick to judge her and, you know, why is she hanging out with the different cool kids and changing her hair and totally ignoring her best friend for two weeks. But just as it is with everyone, there's more to their story. So let's check out Miranda. So Miranda doesn't really want to distance herself from Via. She wants to be Via. She loves Via and her family and She's hurting on the inside. Her dad has been unfaithful to her mom. They've divorced. Her mom is having an alcohol problem, and she just wants to bury that all. And it just all comes out in this crazy way where she's alienated herself from her very best friend who she really needs help from. And so rather than being stuck up in some kind of snob with a bunch of new friends, she's just a broken young child who is in need of some love uh, and some help. The story goes on to talk uh, about, focus on the bully, uh, this one guy who was named Julian, who was the main bully fighting against Augie and do, would do terrible things. And the one thing that finally got him in trouble and pulled before the headmaster was he'd taken a, a class photo uh, that all the class had been given of all the students, and he photoshopped Augie out of the photo. And he wrote on the back, uh, do everyone a favor and die. And he gave it to Augie to see. And so the headmaster finds out, he brings a young boy into the office, and you know, all through the movie, you just see him do things like this. And you become so angry at this young boy and just, you know, to you know, almost to the point of wanting to hate, you know, a 10-year-old because of the way that he's acting. But even he has a story that we don't understand until we dive deeper in. And so his parents are called in and they meet with the principal and uh, the headmaster, pretty soon we figure out that the reason that this boy is such a bully is because he's grown up with these two parents who are real pieces of work, uh, and they've kind of raised him to be this way. And so we find out that he's not the one that photoshopped Augie out of the photo. His mom did that. Now, he wrote the terrible message on there, but long story short, we find out that even the bully that everyone wants to hate and to pick on uh, watching the movie has his own backstory and that he's hurting and he's battling his own demons. All of this reminds me of a passage of Scripture that I'd like to share with you today from the New Testament uh, from a man named Paul who was a pastor, and he started a lot of churches back in the first century, and he would write them letters and just encourage them. Uh, this comes from his letter to a church in Ephesus, uh, which was in Greece, and so uh, he writes to the Ephesians in chapter 6, verse 12, this, For our struggle is not against flesh and bone, against one another, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And so what Paul reminds us of is that evil is real, and that the evil is in the world, and, and, and a, a byproduct of evil is brokenness, that we find brokenness in our lives. There are broken relationships. We have broken body with, 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 with bad health that we struggle. We, we struggle with emotional issues, all kinds of things. We, we live in this world that's created in God's image, which is so beautiful and great, but it also has evil within it and it's broken and that we're all battling something on, on some level. Right? And not that the devil causes everything bad to happen to us, but that, but because of evil being in the world, brokenness is, is something that's inside of us. 
And so some of us are, are battling things. Some of us are battling emotional challenges. Some of us are battling physical challenges. Some of us are battling spiritual challenges. Some of us are, are battling things at home or, or at work or at school or in our neighborhoods or with, with our friendships or even within, our, within ourselves. And so when I stop to think about, you know, so what? So what's the big point? What's the big idea? What, what, what can we walk away from as we, read, we watch these movie clips, as we read this scripture? And you know, I think it boils down to one thing. I think that everyone is fighting a hard battle. Everyone is fighting a hard battle. In fact, most of us are fighting multiple battles all the time. But to the world, they don't understand or see that. They see the byproducts of that, and then they see an action here or an action there that is so quickly labeled. And so I'm guessing some of us today, we're fighting physical pain in our body. Some of us are fighting a spiritual battle of the good versus evil. Should I do this? Should I do that? Some of us are fighting emotional battles today. Some of us are, are fighting relationship battles. Some of us are battling addictions today to alcohol, to drugs, to, to pornography. Everyone who's here today, I'm guessing, is involved at least in one, at least one hard battle. Battle. Brothers and sisters, what did you bring here today? What are you fighting? And the hard thing is when, when we see other people, when we see them do things or are or or difficult to, to, to deal with, then, then we want to bring our brokenness and we want to project it on them. And, and we say mean things about them, either to their face or behind their backs. We do things. We ostracize them. We, we, we label them. We, we judge them. We, we, we make leaps of, of understanding that we have no idea what they're going through. And so we judge them. And that leads to a passage of scripture from Jesus I want to read to you. Jesus, the Son of God, God himself, this comes to us from the first book of the New Testament, the Gospel of Matthew. It's the, the good news about Jesus, his birth and his life, his death and his resurrection. And this is a teaching from Jesus about judgment. And, and if anyone understands being misjudged, it's, it's Jesus. He came to the earth to save us. And what did we do? We killed him. We crucified him. We, we put him on a cross. We didn't understand who he was or what he was trying to do. And yet Jesus can teach us about what it means when, when we're judgmental. So Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 5, Jesus says this, Do not judge or you will be judged. For in the same way that you judge others, you will be judged by God. And with the same measure you used, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother or your sister's eye and pay no attention to the plank or the log in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a log or a plank in your own eye? You hypocrites, first take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Of course, Jesus is cautioning us not to judge each other because we'll be judged in the way that, that we judge others. He, he's saying that a lot of times we're focusing on the little things in someone else's life when we have these big things in our own life that, that we fail to focus on. And that's all true. And I think that's exactly what Jesus is talking about. But what I want to focus on in, in this scripture today, what, what, what strikes me interesting is that is usually when we are judging each other, we're not seeing things clearly. Usually when we judge each other, we're not seeing things clearly. There's something more to the story. Just as there is with Augie, just as there is with his parents, just as there is with his sister and her best friend and even the bully in school, when we judge them, we don't see clearly. We don't have all of the facts in front of us. And so that leads me back again to Paul, same chapter, or same uh, uh, book in the Bible, Ephesians, this time chapter 4, verse 32 
where Paul gives us some advice. Rather than judge people, this is what Paul says. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ God forgave you. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ God forgave you. We misjudged Jesus. We, we killed him, and yet he still loves us and offers us a way to be forgiven. And so he says, right, don't judge. And then Paul follows that up with be kind. Somebody might be so unlovable and so mean and, and, we, and we see something in their life and yet God says, be kind and be compassionate. So if everyone is facing a hard battle, if we're all facing and fighting a hard battle in our lives right now, what do we do about that? I, I think what we do about that, now what we do is we listen to Jesus and we listen to Paul. We open our eyes, right? We open our eyes and we be kind. Rather than judge, open our eyes and we'll be kind. And I want to challenge us to do that in two specific ways this week. I invite us to, to, you know, to open our eyes to see people and realize that when they're doing things that are driving us crazy, right, we're not going to understand the full story, but we've got to know that there's a deeper story to this. Right? And so we can be kind to them. We, we don't have to bite back at them. We don't have to judge them. We don't have to label them. We, we don't have to be mean to them. We can, we can smile. We can be nice. We can be compassionate. We can buy them a cup of coffee, just something. And so I, I want to challenge us all to do this to two specific people this week. The first person that I invite you to open your eyes and be kind to is yourself. Because I think sometimes that we are our own worst critics. We are the hardest upon ourselves. And so uh, I think sometimes we, we just, we make it so difficult on ourselves after we don't live up to our expectations. We disappoint ourselves. We, we completely blow it. That we just, we pile on ourselves and we make it worse. Now, if we've done something to hurt someone or God, then we need to apologize and ask for forgiveness. Right? The, the trick is, though, a lot of us carry around baggage from, from years before where God has forgiven us and, and we haven't forgiven ourselves. So when we think about opening our eyes and being kind to ourselves, maybe we start with just giving ourselves a break. Say, I'm not perfect. I'm created in God's image, but I'm human and I make mistakes. And there's more to my story than I choose to remember. And I need to cut myself a break. Because God says that we're to love our neighbors as ourselves. It's hard to love our neighbors if we don't first love ourselves. If we don't first allow God to love us and show us what loveness and kindness is. And so, so to, to understand from Jesus being kind and letting that happen in our own lives to start with ourselves. Open your eyes and be kind to yourself. And then the second person this week, I invite you to open your eyes and be kind to. Uh, God's going to lead one person in your life this week, and, and this person's going to be hard to be kind to. Okay, And so if you don't know anybody like that, I can introduce you to some people. Okay, so uh, Amen. <laughs> so God will lead someone to you this week that it's going to be very hard to be kind to. And you're not going to understand their story. And they're probably not going to tell you their story. So when I say open your eyes, I want you to see them as a human being who's fighting a very hard battle that you just don't know what it is. And instead of trying to react in an unfaithful way, to find a way to be kind and compassionate to them. It can be a small way. It can be a big way. 
and I want you to I want you to look for this. And maybe a bonus is if, if you have an opportunity that you can invite them to church, invite them to something that we do in the church. And that, that might not be appropriate, but that would be a bonus. But to to somehow let them know that they're not in this by themselves, that God loves them. Okay. So be kind, right? Open our eyes, be kind to ourselves this week and to one person who is going to be very difficult to be kind to. Now, what if we did this? What if we all started doing this? What if we, we started leading with kindness and compassion? If we tried to lead with understanding and, and, and looking to see that there must be more to the story than what I'm seeing right here in front of me. If, if we do like the movie does, I think the world could be a better place. We, we begin to see that, that Via and her best friend Miranda, they become friends again. That uh, this little boy, Jack, who was Augie's best friend who betrayed him, he apologizes. Out of the depth of his heart, Augie forgives him. They become friends again. We see that Via and her mother begin to do things, and they begin to grow in their relationship. We see growth in this bully, Julian, that he begins to understand that, that he's part of something broken, uh, and he seeks forgiveness for that. And so I think when we, we seek to, to look Right? We seek to you open our eyes and see people as they really are, like there's more to their story as we be kind, then things like that become more commonplace and the world becomes a better place. And what it does is it helps us when we're fighting our hard battle to have support from other people and to find peace in God. It also helps other people, when we're kind to them, help ease their battle, whatever it is that they're fighting that we might not know about, we might make their battle a little bit easier. Open our eyes and be kind because everyone is fighting a hard battle. Everyone is fighting a hard battle. Instead of judging, let's open our eyes and be kind just like Jesus did. And one last thing, I invite you to stand up as you're able and give yourself a standing ovation for all the battles that you have fought and are fighting, knowing that you're still standing and that Jesus is with you. Let's stand up and give God some praise.